moments will be lost in time. Like tears. This time, there are children involved. <laughs> oh, God. It's not the tagline you want Church in movie. religion-based yeah. musical. Yeah. That's the tagline for Swampy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I took off my glasses, and I'm like, I can't see, actually see my notes <laughs> if I do that, so I'm going to have to put those You're like back the on. shittiest Superman. Excuse me, I need to put this suit jacket on too. I'm just picturing like Clark Kent like transforming to Superman, takes his glasses off, and then immediately he's like, Oh, that's no good. No, I can't do that. Slides him back on. So we are here to talk about a movie. Um we're here to talk about the jacket from 2005, starring Adrian Brody and Kira Knightley. An extremely 2005 main cast. <laughs> yes. Um, I, th- I think it's extremely 2005 in a myriad yeah. of ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is odd because it takes place in like 1994 and 2007. No, it, it takes place in 1992 and 1993 for a day. <laughs> oh, it was 1990. Well, here, Magic <laughs> It takes place in 19... 19- Sorry, wait, clean cut, ready? Ready? It, yeah, 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 It, because it takes place in 19- 90... I can't believe you said the N-word, Billy, that's so weird. <laughs> Sorry, clean cut, ready? <laughs> well, I do think you're a nincompoop, <laughs> Michael. The real N-word. <laughs> so, um, this was my movie this week, so the question is, had either of you two seen it before? Um, I, I, I had in high school um but i i barely remembered much of it and so i was like oh this will be cool when when i watch it again and uh Mm -hmm. i I sort of realized why i barely remembered much of it (laughs) but i can get to that later (laughs) but yes i do i do remember having seen it in high school it was sort of around the period where uh, it was like the kind of sort of uh dark uh high concept film like stay that ryan gosling is it ewan mcgregor yes yeah that like it was like that period right and a lot of those kind of movies sort of blended together definitely like i definitely remember like i i remember renting this movie from the video store with my friends what's a video store (laughs) (laughs) exactly right right incha had you seen it before I saw it. I think I saw it again. I think I saw it way back in high school. And... So here's here's the thing. This is what I thought you would say. How did we allow this to be a choice? If, if both of us <laughs> yeah. had sort of seen it, <laughs> this is this is not what's supposed no, but to happen. The thing is too is that like I kind of I'm I'm in the same realm as Michael where I was like okay I see I've seen this before because I remembered the name. Yeah. I just, I don't remember anything in it. And then watching it now, I think I just blocked it out. Because I I just don't. Yeah, this brings me to my next question. Because I think Incha has made her feelings clear. And I've also sort of hinted at it. But (laughs) Billy, did you find yourself enjoying this movie on this watch? On on this watch in particular? You know what? I I found myself enjoying watching it. And it was not necessarily because the movie itself was good. But like I have a thing where I don't know, it's it I, I have to admit there was some disappointment while I was watching it this time because I found the pacing to be very wonky for a good chunk of it. In term in terms of like the film itself and individual scenes. But I, I like the the thrust of it to kind of be more European and artsy 
than it really deserved to okay, be. Okay, hold on. Uh, Incha, permission to treat him as a hostile witness. Because yeah, go, please, please, please do it. Because I... My question was whether you enjoyed the movie, and you answered that you enjoyed the experience of watching the movie, which is a hell of a non-answer. Yeah, no, it's, it is uh, like, I, and this is this is the thing I have sometimes where like I will enjoy watching the movie without like it. It's not Ghostbusters. I know it's not. It's not that level of flat out. Fuck yeah, that's that your was go-to great. like greatest film experience. <laughs> Is Ghostbusters? I mean, I love Ghostbusters. But... Yeah, I, I might say that. Ghostbusters is is up there. Okay. I mean, yeah, that makes sense for Billy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> you know this. You just live for drama and you hate fake friends. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, at the very least, I, I knew sitting down with the jacket, it would generate conversation. There are a lot of conversation starters in this movie. <sighs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, we'll see, I guess. Right? I love how we did that at the same time. Like, really, bitch? Because <laughs> um, I gotta yeah. say, I don't have many notes. Because honestly, I didn't really know what was going on for most of the time. Um, <laughs> I have right, a well, lot. Before we get. Sorry, I have a lot of questions, but it, it's yeah. in regard to Kira Knightley. Yeah. Um, most, go- most of it is in regards her like first question what what was her accent yeah that was my very first note was what yeah. the fuck was going on with Kira it was uh, like the one thing with this movie is that i love how american it is and they cast so many great american actors to speak so naturally <laughs> in it it was it was um yeah it was like she was doing uh an impression like if she were on a talk show and was doing an impression of running into somebody in new york uh, she would just <laughs> casually just do blah blah blah, and then it but it kind of just sort of tapered off to a generic American accent. But the very first mm-hmm. scene was she was doing something. Yeah, like, she was like kind of like not like Midwestern Minnesota, but with a little Brooklyn. But yeah. also at the same time, there's some Queens in there somewhere. Like it's she it, didn't have. I don't think she knew what she was doing and. In between the cuts, they should have been like, stick to one accent and deal with it. Yeah. Because I didn't know where she was from. Also, where does this take place? Also, like, where? (laughs) What? Wait, okay, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Billy, have you given like a little brief synopsis of what this thing is? Yeah, I was was going to say, we should probably explain what the movie's about. Um, So The Jacket is a film about a Gulf War veteran played by Adrian Brody who has a head injury and is kind of put in a situation where it looks like he murdered a cop, and so he gets sent to an institute for the criminally insane where they shove him in a morgue drawer and he time travels to 2007 and learns of his own death and also meets a woman who was a little girl that he met he then falls in love with that's the that's a that's a problem that's one of my major issues with the film is something that happens a surprising amount in time travel films where the dude Mm -hmm. time traveling will meet a younger version of a lady and then meet the older version and like hook up with them because they imprinted on the younger version or something (laughs) creepy and it yeah, I, I that is a super super problematic it, aspect of this movie because it happens in Time Traveler's Wife, right? He meets yeah. like younger mm-hmm. who who was in was it Rachel McAdams? No, yeah, it was Rachel. McAdams. Was it? Yeah, it was wasn't Rachel she McAdams. the other one I'm thinking of? Was it Rachel it's, McAdams too with Donald think, Gleason? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that lady loves fucking Time Traveler. <laughs> it's it's very it's very uh. It's it's a strange choice, you know what I mean? Because yeah, and even like like when he meets her, like he finds his old dog tags in her apartment, and like she really seems to know a lot about him. So it super seems like she was interested in him from just this one interaction as a small girl. Yeah, and I guess it's supposed to be like 
it's supposed to mean like their connection or their love or whatever. I mean, in no. a, in the general sense of all these sort of no. time travel movies. No. no, but here, no, I I feel like it's supposed <laughs> to mean that their connection is a cosmic thing where even if they meet in different blah blah blah, but it, not. <laughs> no, but but it definitely comes off as just uh like a creepy skanky old dude being like hey little girl i'll yeah. see you in 10 years yeah my the i think the the scene i'm always the most uncomfortable with is when he goes and visits her again as a little girl after developing the relationship with her well, in hadn't the future. they fucked at that point yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird and like he he's he's going back there to like deliver a note to her mom but it's just like don't note to her mom. Don't interact with her as a girl again. Asking her for permission to date her daughter. <laughs> Check yes, no, or maybe. Hurry. I'm gonna shoot King Kong in an hour. Hurry. Hurry. Check yes, no, or maybe. Who had the better accent, though? Kieran Knightley or Daniel Craig? Uh, Dan- I, I would go to bat for Daniel Craig because I think he was doing... His performance was more cartoony, so it's it suited it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, his character was also pretty useless, right? Like, I liked his character. I did I... like his character, but I mean, as far as... Oh, no, it was the... utterly yeah. useless. <laughs> it kind of, like, it put me in the mind of um, the Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt in character 12 in 12 yeah. Monkeys. But here's the thing. Brad Pitt in 12 Monkeys was an important character to the story, right? Yeah, like, and then this one's kind of just like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, he's there because, like, he had an eating disorder. Also, he has an anxiety disorder. So I'm kind of like, I'm on the fence with it because I really like, I liked his character as much as we saw. I kind of mm-hmm. wish he was the main character because I <laughs> really didn't give a shit about Adam Bro- Adrian Brody after a while. But I really like I really like Daniel Craig outside of his like James Bond roles. Yeah, I think that's just a me thing yeah. though. If it's a you guys thing, I, like no, it's I, all it's it's always a delight when I when he pops up in movies or he's in movies I forgot he was in because like James Bond movies are such huge productions. It almost feels like we haven't seen him in anything in like <laughs> ten years. So it's great when he yeah. pops up in like yeah. Logan Lucky and shit, right? And he can. And if I remember correctly, I think that this specifically was, like, right on the cusp of pre-Bond. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out while I was watching, because I was like, 2005 was, like, it must have been, like, when's Casino Royale? 06 or 07? I want to say it was right around 06. Like, Daniel Craig is, like, a low-key, amazing character actor. Oh, he's fantastic. It's shocking to me that, I mean, he's he's a great Bond, too. But it's, it's crazy that he got that because he is a fantastic character actor and he's a fantastic villain, like in Road to Perdition, right? Like, yeah, like he yeah. should be like top tier on like the character actors of like Gary Oldman and stuff. But like he's still just in like skating between like the Bond and whatever he did before or after that. But I'm just well, like, that's... oh, give him a chance. It will be it will be nice as much as I do enjoy him as Bond once he finally retires because then he'll get a chance to like uh, pad his resume out with some more interesting roles. Like the the trade off of having <laughs> yeah. as interesting an actor as him as Bond is that we're sort of stuck watching him play a a pretty generic character, even though he brings like different facets to it. When yeah. we could have had like who know we could have in these by the time we've had all these Bond movies, he could have had like six or seven great like side roles or villainous roles, like something really meaty that he could have mm-hmm. like knocked out of the park, right? Yeah. You know who he kind of reminded me of in the jacket? A young, more comedic, like like a young Robert De Niro trying to do a, a comedic role. Yeah, I see the De Niro, sort of like a like like not not a, like him like doing his like that's Daniel Craig's impression of Robert De Niro yeah, in a way. Sort of you like know? um, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to remember because De Niro was in that movie with Robin Williams where he was in a an institution, uh, Awakenings. And I'm trying to remember how De Niro played that, but I I see it. I feel like maybe the accent mm-hmm. at least was like trying to emulate like uh, De Niro. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again closer because I don't know. I, I zoned out a couple times. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know what movie I want now? I want Daniel Craig. I want Kate Fear, but Daniel oh, Craig as what's his so face. fucking good. Right? Oh, right? Shit, be <laughs> he would be an amazing Max Caddy. He would right? be amazing. 
Like, I would just need to see Daniel Craig laughing in a movie theater, and I'm like, I'm, who would be who would be the the Nick Nolte Gregory Peck character? Who would be? I know. Blonde hair. <laughs> Ju- maybe like Jude Law. Oh my god, that would be so cool. That would be cool. Right? I would watch that. I would watch. Oh, somebody make that, please. Right. <laughs> I'm sure one of our listeners will. Yeah, we have a lot of a lot of uh, clout in Hollywood. Yeah, I was gonna say if one of us isn't, they know. <laughs> yeah, because that's all of them. I I don't know. This is a film. I think what I enjoyed most about it is it just has some very interesting performances from people, both in all of the British actors trying to sound American mm-hmm. and uh, like I don't know, like Chris Christopherson. Always entertaining to yeah, watch. Yeah, I enjoy him. And the, it, clearly the filmmakers thought so too, because they got in nice and close. <laughs> they did. They gave us a very <laughs> close look. A, yeah, a lot of cheek, a lot of eye. We saw every, every nook and cranny of, <laughs> of Nick face. Which I appreciated, because he is a very, like, craggly He's guy. Very vis- visually <laughs> intriguing. That's sure. He is. He's... He is a physical work of art, is what I will say. I also don't believe he's ever been below the age of 50. (laughs) But that's my own hang-up. Speaking of him, can we try to go over what Dr. Becker, the character he played, what his therapy Mm -hmm. was? Not to be confused with the doctor in the Ted Danson series, (laughs) Becker. Um what his goal was of the quote-unquote therapy of strapping someone in. So he strapped him into a straitjacket, injected him with drugs, mm-hmm. shoved him in a morgue locker, and he sort of explains because it's like a womb, or somebody else explains that. Yeah. And I have heard yeah. of, there's a, it's called like, it's a, um, a controversial, I think psychology, I'm maybe way off base, but it's, was... it's like a rebirth thing where you're yeah, supposed so to... Yeah, a girl died mm. from that. Exactly, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, a while ago, yeah. Well, I don't think his methods were no, good. No, 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 yeah. No, but was, but was that, like, the thing that he was going for? Or did, I'm like, he sure. know about... Did he know about the time travel? He didn't, He definitely right? didn't know Which about the time weird. travel. Like, that, that's the one thing in the movie that really bothered me, because I was just like... I wrote it down so much. I'm like, wait, does he know? Does he know? Does he know? Because I'm like, how, how, how did we go throughout this entire movie? You're locking people in there and calling it like womb science, but then like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, I mean, I, th- I think the other end of it is that he really didn't respect any of his patients who he saw as criminals. And the criminals were the ones he was just like, all right, we'll fucking reboot them and punish them. Yeah, so that was his plan, though, to reboot them, because it's like they're being born again when they come out of the morgue drawer. I, I think I think it was that, but then tempered with, but if it doesn't work, he's a criminal, so he deserves this. What? No. I don't get it. It, it, it felt too, like, foggy and disconnected. Here, here's my main problem. <laughs> a lot of the issues of the film, like the doctor experimenting... And then the, the, the like, Adrian Brody having to go to the institution because somebody killed a cop near him and then he can't remember. And, like, the, the Kira Knightley as a kid and her mother and blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, let's not forget the time travel. They all feel so <laughs> coincidental and disconnected. Like, he uses the time travel to sort of solve, like, to make Kira Knightley's life a little better. But we're spent, we spent a lot of time with him, like, trying to find out what happened when he had amnesia and couldn't remember the cop getting shot, which ultimately didn't really matter much. And, like... No, that was just an excuse to get him Exactly, yeah. And then, but then you have that as an excuse to get him into the mental institution, and then you have this weird science doctor putting him in a morgue drawer as an excuse to get him time traveling. Like, it just felt like a lot of excuses... Leading to one story, which was like Kira Knightley's mom not dying, which ultimately was such a small part of the movie that it felt weird that that was sort of the hinge of it. I yeah, think, you know. No, that makes that makes sense because yeah. I really didn't. Because like 
The one thing I do praise this movie for was like Emma Emma E. Hecox or Hecox or whatever her name is, like how she edited it. I was like, that's this is this is good. I like this. Yes, the script needs work, but the way she edited it made I I understood where the story was going from front to back because of the way it was mm-hmm. edited. Because, like, I wouldn't have gotten any... Like, I literally wrote in my notes, too. I'm like, I need to see a script. Because I don't yeah. know what anybody <laughs> in here is thinking, doing, no. or what the motive for anything is. And that that's a, that's a problem when it came to the movie. At least for me. Because I was just like, I don't... I don't get it. All these, all these little moments either become insignificant or lead up to, like, some stupid shit that I just... just I still don't get like why why are you so con I didn't I still the 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 kid the kid Adrian Brody thing really still bothers me like like in the back of my mind that's a thing so I'm just like why why was she so why was she so important and not you getting shot in the back of the head three times yeah because I feel like it could have been a thing where if he were more dogged or focused on like I, I need to get these the, this kid and her mother as like an alibi to get me out of the mental institution and that was like his only focus and then you, the turn at the end you realize no that his true purpose was to like fix the relationship between the the drug addict mother or the alcoholic mother and the little girl if that were more of a turn because mm-hmm. I think that's kind of there like that's what he ultimately only ends up doing in yeah. the future it, I mean, like, but I feel like if the there were more, <laughs> it's just so like <laughs> casual a lot of the time which seems odd um i do think i think kira knightley as as disconcerting as her accent was i i did i i thought she was good weirdly yeah i really oh, yeah. liked her i i it. think like i'll go to bat for all of the actual performances in this yeah. movie um, because I agree, I agree with what you're saying about the story. I do think it's a lot of style over substance, mm-hmm. but I also think that that style, for for me at least, it carries it. Um, like just like the little things, like how Kira Knightley, like how she plays with that with that glass in her mouth. She's very orally fixated in all of her scenes, and I say that like not in like. I don't think it was being done like in a in a sexual way. I think that was honestly like trying to show her like like maybe like like need for something in her life. I just think that was an interesting choice she made. I don't I'm probably not getting that out the right way. No, I get what you're saying kind of. Yeah. There were a yeah. lot of you definitely avoided a lot of landmines while you were saying. That. <laughs> Seriously, her need for something in her. As soon as I say the words "orally fixated," I'm like, okay, this is me setting myself up for disaster. But I sort of get because at first when you said it and you were like, I think it, I think it, uh, it represents like her need for it. I thought you were gonna say like, um, like. A soothing presence like a pacifier would be that and i was like that makes it even more fucked up that better not be like uh but yeah i get that and i thought adrian age like it just adds to her being kind of more more of a broken character and you see a lot of like you know how how she's built a life that's very similar to her mom and and like i'm not opposed to i think the general idea of like a dude and a damn time traveling and then and thinking he's fixing his life for some big thing like this murder of a cop and then it ends up just sort of fixing a relationship between a kid and her mom i think that's a perfectly nice story to revolve around but it's like Mm -hmm. it's so late in the game i mean first of all it's fucking very late in the movie before not very late it just felt late (laughs) but before (laughs) like we even find out what's going on you know what i mean like yeah it takes a long time to get there, because I, I have notes here about how, like, it really, like, I remembered this movie being more engaging, and then it eventually got mm-hmm. to that point, once, like, it was just, like, you know, Kira Knightley goth detective yeah. <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to figure out how Adrian Brody once, died. Yeah, once well, I guess time travel, like, those scenes were the most interesting parts in the movie. It was just, yeah. like, what, 40 yes. minutes into it or so? I don't know, before that even, like, happened yeah. for the first time. 
Well, I think because Adrian Brody was such a passive character that, like, the first chunk of the movie is essentially just him being thrown around and tortured by people. So that when it actually gets to him trying to do something, that is like, okay, well, finally, I see what's yeah. happening. You can't necessarily have a passive character in a passive situation like the first half of this movie has. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you do, then you need everything else around it to be, like top of the class like it needs to be an amazingly engaging story or because there are some like noirs and stuff who have fairly passive lead detectives even though they're actively investigating a case it's always like the people yeah. they meet that 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 push the story forward or that are interesting characters but in this it was like very passive lead not very interesting stuff going on uh really shoddily filmed courtroom scene and then he's finally in the institution the court and like it gets interesting but... honestly I, I i wish they had cut out everything with the guy in the truck and shooting the cop if he had gone from like the military to the asylum yeah 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 like he doesn't need two origin yeah, stories it's just uh, it's just like too much of stuff that is not interesting <laughs> like it's like I don't know. It's like eating a shitload of whipped cream, I guess. Where it's like, <laughs> not, not filling. Like, it may seem like, sure, okay, it looks but... good, but... You know what this movie reminds me of, too? It's a, This is a weird comparison, but, like, in the realm of, like, Adam Brody being, like, such a passive character and, like... Adrian. Adrian Brody. You Why do I keep mentioning saying Adam? Seth Cohen from the OC. Adrian <laughs> was just watching the OC. Oh, he'd be a good character in the Cape Fear. Anyway, um, but it kind of reminds me of... One flew over. One flew over the cuckoo's nest, where you have this character who's kind of just placed into this situation. You see the lives of everybody that he has, that he has to affect, or like has been affected by him, and then this character is still going to die at the end of the day. But you see, like it, it kind of reminds me of that because even though like McNulty's character in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Was really like it no, was kind of like nulty's from the wire it's uh god, god damn it Mick, what what's his name mick 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 um i keep thinking mcready but that's from uh the thing uh right? mick i know there's chief mick. i know there's nurse ratchet <laughs> and there's billy mick mac let's call him mac it's mac okay, from, uh, jack so nicholson mac. <laughs> so yeah okay so jack nicholson yeah. like in jack nichols like jack nicholson's character in like it, it kind of reminds me of that, but, like, Jack Nicholson's character was a much more engaging character where, like, you yeah. wanted to follow him around. Also, it kind of feels like Girl Interrupted, where, like, Winona mm -hmm. Ryder's character is, like, split in this place, but, like, you, it's, like, the lives that, like, around her are the most interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it. Like, oh, no, I, I agree. It's it, it's it's like she's the least interesting character in the film because she's kind of just your yeah, way Yeah, exactly. In. That's what he feels like. It's kind of like you're kind of, you're... But then we stay yeah, focused which on is, it. which is annoying. <laughs> yeah, because it's like if the entire movie, which is generally fine, a lot of movies, the least interesting character is the main character, um, which is why, like, most of the fun roles are the side characters, right? But, um, yeah. and that's fine if you're spending all your time with those other characters but like you said like uh, i think that big blow-up scene in the therapy session where they're freaking out is a big homage to stuff like uh 12 monkeys and one flew over the cuckoo's nest and girl interrupted like it was the stereotypical uh mental institution um freak out during therapy scene mm -hmm. which was yeah. it felt a little like by the numbers but it was like daniel craig and adrian brody hooting and holler and so it was like fun to watch in a way and then it's yeah. sort of even if that was like the scene that the filmmaker seemed least yeah like they yeah. were like we have to throw this in because it's a mental institution but um but they didn't it's like trying to be that but then not realizing what they have to do to make their main character interesting or at least in the orbit of people who are interesting especially because adrian brody's character and Kira Knightley's character are such fucking downers <laughs> that it's very <laughs> weird to like yeah. pair them up for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. They're both super broken. Like he legitimately has PTSD. Yeah. yeah. 
you see it when she breaks a glass at one point and he like like it flashes back to golf war mm-hmm. footage so then when like when even though the the generally kind of interesting stuff where they're sort of doing future detective work um is happening <laughs> it's like you got these same two energies and then the people they meet are pretty like sad and forlorn like they meet old chris christopherson or same age chris christopherson <laughs> <laughs> and they meet every like i lo- i lo- i you took that scene to make me go wait are they trying to make us believe that Chris Christopherson is young in the other scenes? Like, no, this is the age you are. You showed us close-ups on Yeah, when face. it was like 30-something Adrian Brody and Chris Christopherson's like, oh, are you his son? It's like, that was like 15 years ago. How could that be his son? Didn't have a backward baseball cap on, old man. <laughs> also, how cute was Jennifer Jason Lee? She's like the most incapable psychiatric doctor ever, but she was so adorable. Yeah, I really liked her. Yeah, another another performance that was just, like, highly enjoyable and understated, I think, compared to everybody else. Very sweet of her to electrocute that small Indian boy. <laughs> Hold on for a second. I gotta run. I gotta, uh, uh, run. <laughs> I gotta run. <laughs> no, I, gotta, I gotta run out of here and let my cat out for a second. I'll be back in, right. in a minute. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I think I still talking about it. You know what? I did. I did enjoy it, and I'm not even really gonna be ashamed of the fact that no, I enjoyed it. It was like, like, <laughs> yeah, like th- this is this is this was a weird shit that I liked, and I'll pro- I probably should talk about this again when Mike's actually back. But Thank like, I, I'm a I'm a time travel fan, and it's in that kind of organic time travel genre that like i I would compare this and la jetée very easily that's one thing that i was just like it it, it's very it's very much too close to la jetée which makes me uncomfortable for some reason i'm just like my well it's because you love yeah i'm just like "Mm, why does this why does this feel so similar and why do i hate it so much but i did like i didn't exactly like revolvingly hate the movie like not like outward but it's just like some of the moments like i'm like you're you're very close you're you're teetering on the edge of this not being what you had set out for it to be which is like based off of a short story and i'm like i read like some of the short story yeah, as i was like doing it and i'm like 15 which is like <laughs> i did a face i don't know why i did a face on a podcast but... <laughs> you could describe the face a back, a back. By the way, well, it was like a, it was like a whoa face. But Mike, we we were just discussing how this film is like La Jetée. Oh yeah, similar. Well, I already, I had already yeah, and... referenced Twelve Monkeys, so yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> sorry, I'll I'll frou frou it up next time. <laughs> talking, talking <laughs> French and shit. Um, I have a question. Do you guys think that Adrian Brody got really ripped for this role because there were a lot of shirtless scenes? Or do you think there were a lot of shirtless scenes because Adrian Brody got really ripped for this role? Oh, that's a good question. When, he ta- when he's talking to Daniel Craig when he's in, like, the hospital bed, for no reason at all, his, like, his, uh gown is his open. shirt is like yeah, and he's open. like chilling out with <laughs> yeah. his hands behind his head like clearly like <laughs> you could look a little sickly guy you don't have to i don't to me he adrian brody has an odd physique still no. though like i didn't take that as like mm, he's I mean, ripped i'm like okay those are a lot of muscles on a body <laughs> You're right. He does. He does have an odd physique because when he first, when he gets into the institution, he's like stripping down to get on the like clothes or whatever that they wear. I was like, oh, he looks so like thin and sickly. And then like every other scene, he had his uh, shirt open and he had like hardcore like eight bags. This was also. I remember when I watched this movie. It was before the Dark Knight, and I really wanted Adrian Brody to play the Joker. What? Just riding that Oscars hype train, huh? I don't know. I, th- he ha- he has a Joker face. It's it's that scene he comes out of the morgue and he's like laughing. I want him more for the Riddler. I don't know. He's um, 
He's hit hit or miss with me. He's sort of like uh, Tom Jane in that he wants his kids back. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> he's, <laughs> like he's either they do a lot of like direct to video movies, and mm-hmm. their performances are all, always either like really really good or just terrible <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> and I thought he I thought he was really good in this. This wasn't in the terrible vein, but he has been no. terrible. So I don't know. I don't instantly, I'm not like, oh, Adrian Brody was cast as this. He's certainly going to be fantastic. Because he's kind of, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he got, he, he, he needs to convince Yeah, you. it's definitely a, I'll wait and see for his huh. performance. He got banned from Saturday Night Live for life. Well. Yeah, Ooh, why? What did he do to get banned? Because he thought it would be funny, and it wasn't. But it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> maybe it wasn't banned. Already. Did he burn a picture of Sinead O'Connor? No, that would have been funny, actually. <laughs> the parts where they're like eh, musical guest uh, or introducing Foo Fighters or whatever, and it, that it goes over to the band playing. He thought it would be funny mm-hmm. if he did it in a Rasta accent, wearing a. Uh, uh, Jam- <laughs> Jamaican like Rasta hat with fake dreads I believe and he did that to introduce I can't remember please, who I please. think P. Diddy or something I hope it was the Foo Fighters no I, I think it was P. Now. Diddy or something he thought it would be fun oh. but Lauren Michaels didn't <laughs> see it would it would be funny if it, if he's like no here's the Foo Fighters <laughs> well that's like yeah, it just that's, no sense that liter- that's literally the exact impression that he did <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't like I know that was the cl- I played. Lauren Michaels didn't approve it, and he he hates notoriously hates like improv. So he Adrian Brody has yeah. never been on since. Anyway, the jacket. <laughs> you know what's yeah. weirdly not you know really mentioned a lot in the jacket the jacket the jacket the gross ass jacket yeah, I love that jacket. It was an interesting prop, and they didn't really mention it that much. Yeah, that's the best part of the movie. <laughs> You'd wear it about town? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Might as well. I might clean the urine off Yeah, well, why was it so gross? Well, because they, I think, just throw it on people and keep them in there for, like, 16 hours. That's not nice. No, they, Chris Christopherson was not a very nice man in this movie. Apparently, um, for those scenes of Adrian Brody in the morgue drawer, he wanted to go method. Right. And so he just asked them to leave him in there for a really long time. And so that one take of him, like, making inhuman sounds of, like, get me out of here, is, like, real. No, let me out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the full fighters. <laughs> um, Incha, you mentioned the editing earlier. Because we're getting away from that. Right now. You mentioned the editing earlier, and I have down a note here of, I think, is one of my favorite cuts in the movie, which is right after Daniel Craig is saying, well, who wouldn't be nervous if they really looked at their lives? Whose life is that good? And then it immediately just cuts to Santa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is this man trying to do a commentary on Santa right now? Yeah, as this kid watches this clearly very public domain animated special. <laughs> like, no one's watching TVs that get a signal any newer than, like, the 30s. <laughs> Here's a question for you guys. Who do you think had the worst post-Oscar win career slump? <laughs> Adrian Brody, Cuba Gooding Jr., or Halle Berry? Oh. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, say Cuba. Cuba? Uh... Cuba? Yeah. Um, I would say Haley Berry. Really? Honestly, because like I I want to very much count um, OJ yeah. as being like like his quote unquote comeback. 
Yeah. So, and he wasn't, he was bad. He wasn't terrible. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be like, yeah, Kubi Gooding Jr. is hot garbage and I will never cast him in a thing because they did, obviously. Uh, okay, I was super confused and thought that OJ won an Oscar. What are you talking about? He doesn't! And thought that you were like, that's who's had the worst time since winning an Oscar is OJ. Uh, <laughs> okay. I mean, he's had the worst All right. time in life. I'm like, was Airplane 2 that good? You mean I Naked Gun know. 33 and a third? <laughs> the, yeah. That's it. He was in all of the I guess no Leslie Nielsen was there. (laughs) Yeah, I would go with Adrian Brody, but um, but I see what you mean. I guess with Halle Berry, because I mean, like, like she hasn't she hasn't had a hit. I mean, like, I guess you can count Kingsman, but I don't. (laughs) She was. (laughs) I I feel like she's still at least been visible, though. Like, you could still bring in Halle Berry for something, and people would be like, "No, yeah." Cuba Gooding Jr. shows up. They keep her around as a storm, and she's been in a couple of like thrillers that I think did okay. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but at the same exact time, when like you want to write the review, you'll be like, everybody was good, and then there was yeah. Kelly Berry. Yeah, that's <laughs> mm, okay. But I am, I do feel like I'm also grading on a curve because it's like it must be tough for her to find good roles anyway. Because how old is she in her forties? No, no one knows how old Halle Berry is. I don't <laughs> no. know. But there, None of us have access to anything. There can't be like that many great that. roles, unfortunately, for like women in their 40s, right? So, well, whereas. And I, and I... She, had that, like, she had that like space mini series for a while. I remember my it mom was like that. I, I enjoyed it as well. Who remembers? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you hear him in shot? It was, it was cool. cool. And when. <laughs> and like. Well, and, and I wouldn't say Adrian. I wouldn't say Adrian Brody either, because like he had his stuff with Wes Anderson. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Adrian Brody's so, doing like, fine. I, I'm not I saying would... any of them aren't doing fine, but look at like look at his filmography. <laughs> he pops up in a Wes Anderson film every once in a while, but everything else is like a straight to DVD piece of garbage. Just like Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> like Cuba Gooding Jr. was in American Gangster, right? But then right after that, mm-hmm. he probably did something like lethal view and it was like where he played a an accountant who was secretly a russian spy or something and then like he kind of focused on me like this is where i'm staying now so it's kind of just like at least you found your niche very very late yeah yeah oh he's in peaky see this is another reason for me to watch peaky blinders who was in peaky blinders adrian brody Uh, seriously that's funny yeah he's in six episodes in what season um, I, I don't know. I'm just looking at IMDb here. I have not seen him yet. I've only seen, I watched the first season of that, and then a couple episodes with Tom Hardy in him, and then that's it. Apparently, uh, David Bowie was a really big Peaky Blinders fan, and uh, they found that out, and so Killian Murphy, like, sent him one of the caps, and, like, in a nice frame, and, like, from with a nice message and everything. And then David Bowie sent him back a picture of, like, the frame broken, and David Bowie was wearing the hat and really <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> oh, speaking of David Bowie, a nice moment I noticed in the jacket was that um, Kira Knightley had a poster of Iggy Pop in her room as an adult, and her mom has a picture of Bowie on the oh. wall. And I'm like, oh, they were both into, like, 70s glam men, or, like, that's something that passed on from mother in to daughter. the last song in Iggy Pop song? Mm-hmm. Yep. The one over the credits, or at the start of the credits? Yep. Yep, that is. Mm-hmm. And that can symbolize a forgiveness of the mother. It doesn't, though. Um, <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> there's, like, a big part of uh, the special features for this movie just talking about the end credits and how they were, like, trying to recreate the experimental film Mothlight. And it's like, that's neat, but could talk about the movie yeah, it's also weird to spend a very a, like a, a lot of time recreating something for the very end credits yeah seriously <laughs> yeah like, like it's it's not like that even really tied into t- take anything. that effort and put it into a second draft maybe of the <laughs> um yeah speaking of the ending it, could you possibly and i hate this sort of when people are like well they were dead the whole time but do you think he may have <laughs> died at the end and when he drives off with Kira Knightley that's like his afterlife? 
Is that possible? Because that really bright light happens at the end. I think I think it's definitely feasible to read it yeah. that way. And that was a hell of a thunk when he fell on the ice. He did smack his head pretty good. I thought he yeah. just. I thought they just got rammed in the back of a like he with thought... a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a really good truck coming up on him. Like I honestly did, yeah. and I was just like, "That's fine." Like the universe is just like you're gonna I mean, die. I mean, the universe Rony. was kicking him in the face in the beginning of the movie, so it might as well. It was 15 years older, Brad Renfro coming to kill off him after he shut that Finish the job. Isn't Brad Renfro dead? Is Brad Renfro dead? Probably not. <laughs> it's important. It's import- uh, let's look. Oh, no, he is. Oh, in yeah. real life, he is, yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, shit, yeah. is he? Speaking of yeah, not he, being 15 he years old. He died, older. like, when he was, like, 20-something. He died a little bit. He would have died shortly died after. after this, yeah. You know, know he, he died, died after, after this? Yeah. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> no. He died two years before he filmed the jacket. It was a contract thing. He had to do well, it. Well, no, Michael, like, the most of this movie takes place in 1992, so that's when they filmed oh, it. Oh, yeah. Good call. Then Adrian Brody just traveled to yeah. the future. Oh, he so. died in 2000. Oh, yeah, so only so a few he, years ago. Oh, he didn't see The Dark Knight. <laughs> That's what you're so worried about him being dead. <laughs> right? Oh, what a shame. It was a highly anticipated film. <laughs> he missed out on film. a milestone. <laughs> a cultural legacy. He was a good actor. I liked him. In general, not necessarily in this. He didn't really do much in this, but... No, that, that's like... Like, there were other actors who, who I like that were in this. Like, uh, Stephen McIntosh. Is McIntosh, that the guy from Luther? Who yeah. was in Luther. He's very yeah. good. Yeah. Again, another great American actor in this film. Yeah. You can take my gun, but you can't take my Steve McIntosh. What also, was that? Um, <laughs> what were you doing? I don't know. I, that was a, jo- I, a joke, maybe? I don't know. That one just fell flat. Why would they say you can take my gun? <laughs> if you're doing a parody of Americans. Should have been, you, you can take point. my gun when you pry it from a cold, dead Steve McIntosh. <laughs> Macintosh just carrying a man's gun around looking forlorn. Also, Mackenzie Phillips. That's that's my note, literally. Also, also Mackenzie Phillips. Also, featuring. Uh, <laughs> she was in American Graffiti, right? Yes. She was the yeah, nurse. In she this? had the she had the life that went down the yeah. slippery slope. Yes. Yep. I like how she just kind of disappeared for the future sequences as if she wasn't available for filming. Yeah. Like, she really kind of comes in and out. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, whenever she had a free day, she was on set. I love how, like, she was kind of, like, the nurse-type nurse ratchet. Like, she Mm -hmm. low-key played that up to a fault. And I was like, I kind of want more of you. Also... If you're not gonna be here the whole time, I want you not to be here. Mm-hmm. Like it's it just was... like kind of commit full time or get out. Yeah, it was weird to have her and that like orderly that we see in the future too. Yeah, like it was weird to see him and not her, and then she sort of just disappears, yeah. even though she was a bigger part than he was in the past. Stuff. And again, he didn't seem to I was age just a say, day. Literally, no one ages in this movie except Kira. Knightley. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> Except the little girl becomes, like, a lady Adrian Brody can have sex with. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I guess he could sleep with Chris Christopherson. Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee like, takes off her glasses, and all of a sudden, she's 20 <laughs> years older. But she gets older. hotter. And I'm just like, Exactly, I was gonna say, yeah, because notoriously, people without glasses look a lot older. <laughs> she does, she looks like, she, she looks like a uh, before and after photo. No, she like, really does. Yeah, yeah, when she's like, playing older her she looks gorgeous she's fantastic yeah i I guess that was meant to be like well look she's more successful now but it's a weird choice it's like (laughs) it's really weird still working in an institute for the criminally insane and also i feel like if you were to get in like a higher position i feel like you'd look you look like her in the before like you'd be tired Mm. ragged don't know where you're coming or going but like afterwards i'm just like you're 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 at the top of your game and you look gorgeous but i liked you before because you looked really pretty there 
Well, I mean, just look at Chris Christopherson. In the future, he has a cane. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing I always remember about this movie that doesn't actually happen. I think I saw, like, in a trailer for it or something, that in the scene when Adrian Brody meets him in the future, Chris Christopherson's eyes were jet black. Like, full-on, like, no whites, no no pupils, just, like, black no, entirely. Happen, like a that, demon. But, and it but, doesn't happen, but I always think it's... There is a part during, like, uh, I think shortly before or after that when he's doing the time travel thing, and it shows the montage of sounds mm-hmm. and images and whatnot, there's a part where an eye goes, like, completely dark red or something. Yeah. Right, Maybe so that you, might like, be, like, what my, my little boy brain Your thought little of tiny... It. 15 year old brain did that. <laughs> yeah what do you what do both of you think is the strangest element of the film what seems the most out of place or oddly chosen um <coughs> the time travel <laughs> <laughs> seems pretty pretty out there I legit thought he was going to be like the whole thing because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, I would, I would, I would kind of say the same thing. But right. see, for me, it's just the choice of the song. You're unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was setting the. It was a little mise en scene to, to set the mood for a 1992. <laughs> right. You're right. That is. I definitely noticed it both times. Like when I showed it in the flashback and when they were driving with it. I did notice it for sure, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, like when it comes back in the flashback, that's when yeah. it's even better. Because <laughs> he like shoots the cop right when it's like, ah, oh, you're unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Bam! Um, yeah, I guess that was weird, <laughs> Billy. Yeah, I mean, it's era appropriate, but not not thematically. No. I mean, he was also high, so I would listen to that. Oh, yeah, he With was. a gun in the car. He... When he saw that cop behind him, he was like, hey, you've been arrested. And then he, like, goes into a thing, like, my <laughs> shit right now. Oh, is that why? I don't, I, I never understood why he shot think, the cop. Like, was he just tweaking? Like, he was just, like. He literally, like, says to, he literally says to him, um, he has, like, God, he says some. he says something referring to pot in it. And then he's just like, yeah, that because of that. And then. He pulls out a gun, so it's kind of that he, that whole scene was weird. But he was definitely high. Maybe he had warrants. I mean, I don't know. And also, he was just like, "Were we driving too fast?" And he was just like, "You were going too slow." Yeah. Okay. Something like that. I don't know. Well, wasn't the cop <laughs> Smith from Sex in the City? <laughs> Have you guys ever seen Sex in the City? <laughs> was the I cop? Think I... <laughs> I think so, actually. Because I, I think I think it's hard to tell because he had that. like a hat on. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> like it's uh, not in the snow, and then his hat comes off. I don't know. I think it t- was though. I think, I think it, think was, it was, was him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Smith was a sweetheart. That's all I. <laughs> That's the only reason why I'm mentioning it. All right. Well, before Michael goes to watch more Sex in the City. Do we have any other uh, notes, thoughts to talk about for the jacket? Uh, nope. Um, I would say, if we're doing like final thoughts and whether we'd recommend it, uh, I thought it was bad and I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, overall, no. I didn't think it was necessarily interesting enough to be worth the watch. There were good performances, right. uh, some good actors got paychecks, but I didn't much care for it. <laughs> Incha? I, I don't... Okay. There, there's some elements that I did like of it. Like, I like the editing. I, everything else really bothered me, especially, like, the, the child situation and the Karen Knightley not recognizing right. that nose. Honestly, Karen Knightley not recognizing him? What? Oh, you know That's what? Yeah, thing. if you see <laughs> Adrian <laughs> Brody, you know it's I like how him. excited we all got with you, because I was going to mention that. I totally forgot. He look, It's Adrian Brody. Like, he looks like a fucking cartoon <laughs> character. You seriously, like, I was <laughs> like, even if I was, like, drunk off my ass, I'd be like, I know that nose from, like, 16 miles away. Like, how do you not see You would him? see it 16 miles away before he even like, got seriously. to seriously 
Yeah. Is this racist? What is he? <laughs> He's got a weird nose. Come on. And um, especially since like she saw him being a kid, and she was she was coherent enough to be like, yeah. "This is a dude that I know as a kid." And also, like, mm-hmm. it's just his face is very recognizable. He's very much Adrian Brody, and like the. Uh, the was it jennifer jason lee who was like oh you really do look a lot like your uncle did they pretend yeah. it was your uncle it's like nobody's fucking <laughs> uncle looks literally the exact same as you especially when you're adrian fucking brody seriously oh um yeah, glad you mentioned that because that would have annoyed so... me i would have that i forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the one thing that bothered me throughout the entire movie, where she was just like, "Get out of my house!" I'm like, "Do you not recognize him though? Like when you came, when he came to the house, when you picked him up, that his face is still the same, that his nose is still gargantuan. What is wrong with your vision? No, like, I, I, I also hated Karen Knightley. I didn't, I didn't point that out. Oh yeah, yeah. I just. I, I I like her as a general person. I think she's an awesome person. That accent ruined it for yeah. the whole movie. It was, it was <laughs> um, tough for sure. It was tough. But yeah, no, there's like there like the editing and stuff like that. There were some elements that I really liked about it. It's just that I'm like it was even though like the editing kind of put it into a context where I understood what was going on, I just still didn't like how much was done and all of the weird pieces just didn't fit together as well as it should have mm-hmm. and that's not editing's fault that's writing's fault so i blame whoever wrote this <laughs> i i definitely think either the script was overworked or underworked um from for me i liked the movie i think the style and the performances carried it enough for me to enjoy it would I think the same if I didn't, like, latch onto it in high school? Maybe. It might just be, like, this is a nostalgia baby for me. But, I don't know. I, li- I like scenes in snow, so it's got that <laughs> You know what? The one I thought, for the most part, the look, like, the style didn't really do much for me. Because it felt very mid-2000s, sort of mm-hmm. aping other kind of, like... Yeah. It do, there are certain scenes that do look a little too green, like it could be taking place yeah, within like the Matrix. Yeah, like trying to definitely piggyback off that style. But there was one shot I really liked when he starts walking in the woods, and Jennifer Jason Lee follows him, and it's like really tall trees, and it's like straight on with him, and he's just walking through the snow. That and is a really that was pretty a really scene. Pretty yeah. shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good. It's got that going. Yeah, yeah. that's that definitely stands out. That's definitely a trailer now, Billy, shot. Like, do you own this movie on DVD? <laughs> I do own this movie on DVD. I'm pretty sure I got it in, like, 2005 and have just owned it ever since. You haven't upgraded it to Blu-ray? I have not. I also have Stay on DVD. So, I do. You should have saved this and Stay for a double feature we do. A double feature of, like, of, like, tryhards? (laughs) (laughs) Tryhard movies that teenagers think are super deep? Yeah. Triple feature with Garden State. Oh. I don't even think I could ever watch Garden State again. I think I just. I don't think I've gotten. To a... I don't think I've watched Garden State a full way Garden through. State makes me mad that I'm from. Yeah, no doubt. It's shocking that that's what makes you mad if a <laughs> Like you've got the fucking Sopranos to me. And you're like, no, it's definitely Garden State. It's definitely Zach Braff screaming into a void. Zach Braff screaming into a void. I get it. No, I'm saying I totally get it for sure. (laughs) I get it. I'm uh, yeah. I'm so disappointed every time I go back and watch Scrubs. It it just it's not aging well. Yeah. Speaking of not aging well, Brendan Fraser was on Scrubs. (laughs) He was, but those episodes are aging well. He's the best part. He's amazing. Friend of the show, Brendan Fraser. Whenever, whenever, if you're watching Scrubs. For the first time, and you see Brendan Fraser, pull out your tissue. Because you're going to jerk off. Because <laughs> 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 it's so good.